0: Pathcast. I'm this week's host, Eddie Webb, and with me is Dixie Cochran. Hi. Um, we're gonna be doing the gag about Matthew's not here. It's uh, we're we're in a position where we're kind of recording a bunch of stuff pretty quickly, so we can uh, get a little ahead of ourselves as opposed to the past couple weeks, which has been recording episode. Edit it, put it up like two days later. So we're trying to get ahead. I
1: mean, that said, last week we did an episode like a week in advance and I waited until the day before to edit it because I'm a procrastinator.
0: Right. But as opposed to we need to get it done, then we chose to wait till later. And that's fine. You know, as long as it gets done, you know, your productivity, your your productivity. But having 48 hours window was a little tight. So we were trying to get ahead of things a bit. Um, Yeah. uh, instead, we have uh, invited uh, Monica Specka and Neil Raymond-Price on, and we're going to talk about Exalted Essence. Which- wait, wait,
2: that's wait, that's what we're talking about? Wait, what? What?
0: I, mean, I do, what's you an guys Exalted know Essence? What it, uh,
2: you- I thought you had called me on here to speak on my expertise on the weird games through the breach. I, wait, what?
0: <laughs> I mean, now I want to hear about that.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you... <laughs> This week, you can have me back on another time for that one. <laughs> Neil, no, Neil did, no, you, no. did you know we were doing this?
3: Uh, no, okay. I good. was brought here under false pretenses as well. well <laughs> what did they tell you you were doing? Um, They just said it was a surprise and they implied that there would be pie. And now that I'm thinking about it, they didn't actually promise me any pie. It's true. Okay.
0: There was no you, pie was actually promised.
3: Which is
1: probably good because we don't have any pie oh.
3: to give you. Well.
0: And even if I had pie to give you, you're very far away from me, and I can't give it to you.
3: If you did have pie, I prefer cherry, and don't don't give me any of that apple bullshit. <laughs> well, I had ordered you a shoe fly pie, but now I'm going to throw it in the garbage. The garbage. Garbage. I do like a shoe fly pie, which is basically just pure molasses. Yes, it it's
0: is. True. It's true. I,
3: I like a good pecan pie.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I think mm-hmm. you mean pecan. pie. Yeah, I think you mean I, pecan pie. I'm just being silly.
1: Oh, <laughs> Both are correct. But um, I really wanted to say pecan pie. My, my very old uncle used to say that it was a pecan because a pecan was what you kept under your bed in the army. <laughs> 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 that's some, that's some uh, Vietnam veteran humor there for you. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, nice. I also like a good lemon meringue.
2: Key lime is my favorite. Mm, also good. We have impeccable taste in pie, which we is do. not actually what this episode is about. Welcome to the Onyx Podcast.
1: <laughs> my name is Dixie Cochran. <laughs> and I'm here with my co host, Monica Specka, and Neil Raymond Price.
0: Today, Eddie is our guest. We're talking about his favorite kind of pie. Uh, I not, uh, honestly, uh, pumpkin, I think, is one of my favorites. Ooh,
1: yeah. Oh, good yeah. choice. Good choice.
0: I don't want to have thought about pie, but no, yes, pie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a fun segment. <laughs>
0: We're here to talk about pecan essence. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, um, I, we're, we, I wanted to sit down and talk about Exalted Essence for a couple of reasons. One of which is that uh, Rich has eluded that um, it will be a Kickstarter in the very near future, um, whether it's going to be in the immediate future or the slightly less immediate future, depends on circumstances, um, but it's mm. going to be coming up shortly uh and for all we one, know
1: it's been announced because we're recording this before the monday meeting that's
0: true yeah i mean sure. for so all we know. maybe
1: it's been announced maybe it hasn't maybe it we don't know keep your fingers crossed and
2: please stop asking me about it online but also but also maybe squeaks <laughs> got announced which is also
1: exciting <laughs> with last week's episode
0: <laughs> please go back something on kickstarter while you're listening to this we don't know what it is yeah, yeah. but it just, probably just good.
2: back just find some cool game and fund it back it back right to it. i mean
1: yeah. neil just backed hot sauce for coffee on kickstarter
0: why? hot sauce for coffee
1: yeah it's like a hot sauce made with like there's there's no vinegar or garlic in it so it's like cinnamon and like ginger and stuff and if you put oh, it in your coffee apparently un- that,
2: like that sounds like it yeah that it, sounds like um like when you put pepper like a hot pepper in hot chocolate
0: oh
3: that is good actually.
2: it is really yeah good. yeah like, like cayenne chocolate is really good so i would yeah. imagine like spicy coffee
3: is also really good yeah it's like a, it's like a mexican yeah. coffee oh, oh interesting. Delicious, okay. Actually. Yeah. Um, Hot sauce for
1: coffee. Now on Kickstarter. Not affiliated with the Onyx Path in any way. <laughs> Except for that Neil backed it.
0: So are we all hungry? I'm getting a sense. That it is are. lunchtime. <laughs>
2: Keep going back to food. <laughs> I just would like to point out that it is lunchtime. We are recording this at lunchtime. so true. Recording this it after true. lunchtime. I mean, lunch, the lunch period in every office building I've ever been in was like between noon and two. Like you had to take your lunch break like in that time. Mm-hmm. So I I would consider this still in the the lunch hour zone. Yeah. The lunch zone. (laughs) Is that a location in essence? It is not. (laughs) Can it be? Uh, you can you can add anything you want to the setting, including the lunch zone, if that makes you happy. <laughs>
1: I just picture like the the like fright zone from Shira, but it's all just like happy food it's places. Just food,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just I food think, trucks. <laughs> I actually think the lunch zone was in the Wendy's RPG that came out last year. Oh
4: yeah,
1: okay, that would make sense.
2: You know, I yeah. bet I wouldn't be shocked if it was.
0: <laughs> I do remember some mall. Made it related puns, but anyway. Um, so uh, let's get let's get the important stuff out of the way. Um, what exactly is Exalted Essence, and why does it exist?
1: I can take point on this first one. Go for um, it. I am I am technically one of the interviewees on this one because uh, Neil Monica and I are the development team on Essence. Just for the listeners, so you know. Uh, and I won't have much to say about mechanics or anything, so I'll I'll, I'll take this question. Um, <laughs> So, Exalted Essence is a rules lighter version of Exalted. Um, Exalted Third Edition is particularly heavy on on rules or crunch, as some people like to say, but I don't like that as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot to learn, and it takes a while to go through like combat things like that. And I love the setting, but I don't like that kind of game for the most part. Like that's just not how I like to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the setting and after I was put in charge of it I kept like learning more about the setting and learning more about the setting and being like the setting is amazing like why <laughs> like I would like to explore it but not this way it's just not for me and right. I felt like there are a lot of other players out there too who are used to maybe things like d Fifth or you know even like much much lighter games uh, who I want to be able to experience Exalted and so I started kind of noodling this around and then I found out that independently of me several other people on the exalted team had wanted to make this game. <laughs> mm. So I brought on Monica and the L. We wrote a pitch together, um, worked with Eric and Vance, obviously like they weren't cut out of the process um, just because we, 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 we want to make sure that whatever we put in this book lines up with exalted third, because it's not a new edition. It is a supplement to third edition that just okay. gives you an alternate way to engage with the exalted setting and also presents all 10 of the exalt types um because you know exalted books take a while to make and so we didn't want people who were fans of like abyssals or alchemicals to be waiting eight years to play their characters Mm -hmm. um so this this offers a way in uh for people who like those those splats as well um so yeah so we, we we pitched it we started talking about it i think we announced it at pax unplugged 2019 was when we were handing out like press releases oh my god um, yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But we've it's 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 been pretty much finished for a while, but we've been doing a lot of playtesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because with something like this, we want to make sure all the parts work. Um, because we we stripped down a lot of stuff, we modified a few things. Um, it is still very much a storyteller game. You're still rolling d 10 you're still rolling, you know, your your skill and your attribute and all that. Um, but it's more art on the complexity level of like a Chronicles of Darkness game. So I don't want people to think it's like rules light. Like there's no rules. It's all narrative. There's still rules. There's still plenty of like dice rolling and adding and cool charms and things. Um, but it's a lot easier for a new person or even someone who hasn't played a lot of RPGs to get into.
0: So, yeah. And uh, you mentioned that this is not a new edition, which makes me think it's more of an alternative rule set, like say uh shadow of an anarchy.
1: Yes, that's, that's that's that was one of our inspirations. Was that or like Fate Accelerated? Um, mm-hmm. What I keep telling people on the uh, Discord is that it's not an
0: edition; it's an addition. Ah. ah,
1: ah.
0: <laughs> but uh, so, do people will people need to have any of the third edition books to be able to play this?
1: No. Um, You can play this right out of the box. However, we didn't put much setting information on There's just a little tiny bit of like, here's kind of overall what Exalted is, and -hmm. here's what creation looks like. So if you want in-depth knowledge on like what the realm is like, or what creation is like, or what various places are like, you're going to want to pick up at least like the realm across the eight directions, stuff like that. And the Solars and Lunars books, of course, have all the like, you know, like if you want to know what Lunars are all about, you still Mm -hmm. probably want to read the Lunars book. Um, Because we give such a brief, like, here's what they are. Um, So all of the big setting material is still in the main line. This is mostly just alternative roles.
3: We did, however, take a slightly different approach to the setting information than most Mm -hmm. of the line does. Um, We have sidebars throughout the setting chapter that sort of directly speaks to the reader and talks about the actual inspirations for uh, the various... Places and cultures mm-hmm. and creation. Um, for example, we, we, we talk about how the realm, uh, how the realm specifically um, resembles ancient China and ancient mm-hmm. Rome, kind of smooshed together, and the ways it does that. Or we talk about um, how Skullstone has uh, aspects of Venice and the mm-hmm. sort of uh, nobility of the of the Medici era. And so um, it's something that Exalted really hasn't done before outside of stuff like the making of Exalted. But we figured that if we were going to give new GMs a sort of hook into the setting, just simply being upfront about a lot of the inspirations was definitely going to help. Yeah,
1: because maybe you haven't read The Realm, but you're familiar with Ancient Realm. Or you can, you know, go look it up on Wikipedia (laughs) and take some aspects and like smoosh them in.
0: So you could do something that's not going to be as, as authentic to the canon, but feels authentic.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that I think that we stress in the setting chapter, which I know that Neil can speak more to, and that I talked about in everything for Exalted, is that creation is huge. It's a ludicrously large place. Mm-hmm. Um, so much like like how in the D&D like, player's guide doesn't talk at all about whatever world you're going to be in. And it kind of assumes that, you know, you're going to pick up modules or books or the DM is going to invent a world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's that same kind of thing where, like, we give you the tools and then creation is your sandbox. I, I don't know if Neil has more to say on that because... So Neil was in charge of a lot of the uh, setting and characters and stuff and Monica was in charge of a lot of the mechanics, so...
3: Right. Fun trivia fact uh, that people may not be aware of. Um, if you if you read the making of Exalted, you find out kind of squirreled away in the notes in there that Exalted used to actually be 10 times smaller oh. than it is. And so that's why, like, like it, it was a very last minute decision in the core book. They're like, let's just multiply all the distances by 10. And Scavenger Sons, the first setting book released for Exalted... Um, they 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 didn't update the memo and they didn't update the text in time. So you have all of these like nations and polities having opinions about people who are like five hundred miles away from them. <laughs> and and it's like and it's like why why would they care? Like why it, would they ever five, care? Right. Five
2: hundred miles away is nearby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and and third third edition made creation even larger. Uh, it has well over the surface area. Of of the Earth, like it, it there, there's more places of creation than there are on planet Earth. Wow, that's
1: hilarious. so yeah. Creation is your oyster;
3: you can do whatever you want with it.
1: I think
2: somebody did the math and figured out the creation is basically like roughly the size of Earth if you unrolled Earth, um, but it has more land mass and less ocean, and so it there's oh. like more room to squeeze a million
3: more cities in.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean I guess you could I guess I guess you're not really counting Antarctica, but <laughs> who gives a shit about those penguins, right?
1: Hey, I love
3: penguins. But do you love Antarctica?
1: My roommates went to Antarctica, uh, right before all this happened.
0: Or did um, they? I mean, maybe they could have faked it.
1: No, I'm pretty sure they went. There were lots of pictures. Um cool.
0: so it's what I'm hearing about the, the setting though is that uh much like Antarctica, you could just mix stuff up and put it in there and no one would know the difference. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I mean, you can do that in basic 3E games, too, because we haven't detailed all of creation, because that's impossible, frankly, um, unless we did several volumes on it. Uh, we do have the upcoming Across the Eight Directions, which gives quite a lot of information about various places in creation. Okay. Um, but there's there's always going to be room for people to just make stuff up.
0: But I, I feel, and I don't know if this is intended or not with Essence, but... Uh, if there is a game with a lot of setting material extant, there are certain kinds of people who really feel like they need to either know that or acknowledge that before they can run mm-hmm. a game. Whereas there are other people who can can gleefully ignore existing books and just run whatever. But with something like essence, having a stripped down setting chapter, it it kind of gives more implicit permission to do that Does that
3: be fair? Exactly. To say? It's not actually not even totally just in the setting chapter either. Monica can definitely speak more to this, but there are several places in the rules where we talk about sort of traditional boundaries that the exalted have. Like, for example, the the terrestrial exalted, the dragon-blooded, can't use anything greater than the first circle of sorcery, whereas solars are able to use the third circle, mm. for example. Um, but we say directly in the book when talking about sorcery that if you want to be a a special snowflake dragon blooded if you want to be the exception and use higher levels of martial arts or sorcery Mm -hmm. go ahead Mm -hmm. like it's your game it's not going to break it in two.
0: watch it that's a nice segue into the rules Um, it sounds like uh, I don't want to say a stripped down but you kind of condensed the setting to the core essence if you will of what's (laughs) necessary Um, it's almost like I I named it that on purpose right what are the odds (laughs) Um, but, but as you mentioned third edition is a um uh, is a is a game with a lot of intricacy and a lot of, of components that link together in very specific ways. So so Monica, how did the team kind of reduce that down to something that's a little more approachable?
2: Oh boy, that's a big question, Eddie.
0: Um
2: <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, first
1: we got rid of most uh, of the attributes. Yeah, so let's Get out of here, start
2: attributes. yeah, let's start at the top of the character sheet. Yeah. Um, and um now, I would like to preface this with, I don't actually think the nine attributes that either StoryPath or StoryTeller use are bad. No, not um, at all. And so just to preface all this discussion, when we condensed things and removed things and sort of buffed edges out, it's not a value judgment. It's not the right. third edition is bad. We removed things for simplicity's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, actually the the discussion on what attributes we were going to use was pretty interesting, because for a while there we floated, maybe we just used the four classic virtues <laughs> as attributes. Ooh. Uh, and that, was, that was a thing that we talked about for a little bit before, ultimately deciding mm-hmm. that um, taking inspiration from story Storypath's um, approaches uh, cr- creates this sort of um, narratively focused play that we really wanted Essence to have. Uh, and so we slimmed down all the attributes. Also, in a discussion of like, well, what do attributes really do? They sort mm. of inform how you do an action, not with what do you do the action. Right. Uh, that's skills. Right. That's skills. That's what uh, uh, abilities. Abilities, right? Right. Yeah. Um, same difference. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> same, same difference. Skills, abilities, attributes. Oh, yeah. Man, that doesn't matter. Uh, so we collapsed all of them into three approaches: force, fortitude, and finesse, uh, which everybody likes to complain that they all start with F. Um, sorry, <laughs> not sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's Press
2: even a l- Right. I think there's even a little call out that's like if you're having trouble abbreviating them, here's some suggestions. Uh, but anyway. That aside, each one indicates how a character approaches an action. Um, and it is strictly narratively based, except when mechanical text tells you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, most of the time, you, you're probably sitting here going, Why wouldn't I just always use my best attribute? Well, you can. That's okay.
3: Sure. It says
2: so. That's fine. You're an exalt. You're allowed. Uh, though there are instances where, like, a specific charm effect or like resisting a specific poison may say, Nope, this is fortitude. Uh, like you don't get to hold your breath coyly like, you you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can thank Terry Robinson for that one I, uh, <laughs> I very
1: carefully hold my breath right right right
2: <gasps> <laughs> wink um, so, like <laughs> uh, so there are and also the, the, the storyteller is advised in the rules chapter to like try to lean people towards things that are appropriate but if you're like I just want to use my best one that's also an okay answer um, except for obviously when things are called out. So rather than have new players figure out whether or not their character is strong or smart or whatever, uh, you instead sit down and go, well, is my character forceful? Is my character careful? Does my character um, to handle things delicately or with manipulation? Right. So, uh, that is you choose your. The way you think your character approaches actions, uh, and that is what you choose to be your primary, your your highest rated attribute. Um, and we basically turned all of character creation into arrays. Uh, so you have a certain, a fixed number of points that you assign to each one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I believe the attribute spread is four, three, two. Uh, and this is again for simplicity's sake, uh, because we are we are looking towards audiences who are new. Um, a lot of folks whose exposure to tabletop RPGs is things like critical role and the adventure mm-hmm. zone. Um, right. And then and, like tuning into that zeitgeist of all these, these folks out there who are really interested in playing new games uh, and especially games that are really focused on the story uh, who mm-hmm. may be more familiar with using an array like in fifth edition or fourth edition or whatever. Pick your D20 game of choice um and that is very simple and familiar uh and furthermore i can confirm that when you make a character and you're just like i'm going to assign points down the row that takes like 5 minutes
4: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it does takes no time at all to go all right cool my character is forceful first 4 then i think they're really good and careful and they think things through f- uh, fortitude next 3 but they're not very good at being careful and delicate finesse 2 boom done mm. Yeah. Yep.
1: Also, you have you have some uh, new players on your home game,
2: don't you? Monica? I do. That they're, they're almost they're entirely new people. Actually, the person who is no. most experienced with Exalted is H, my spouse, who is running the game, <laughs> and me. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh,
2: and I am playing in it specifically so that my preconceived notions as the developer do not override uh, the rules in play. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a player, I get to enjoy playing obviously uh, but also watching other people experience the rules and also I don't override with fixes if things hit speed bumps right Yeah, and H- sh- H- make a note and move on yep make a note move on and H thoroughly enjoys running games so we're in <laughs> we're in an ideal situation <laughs> that works out well yeah yeah uh, and they love it
3: Ooh. I
2: don't know that they will ever play another fantasy game again. <laughs> wow
4: that's
1: awesome like like that's i i love exalted settings so much like it is such an interesting place there are so many things you can do i love the idea of exalts and all the different exalt types and i just want other people to be able to play it because like Mm -hmm. i i don't have a head for numbers and i also as many people here know, i only read entire rule books when i'm editing them like i i hate reading rpg books for fun because it's not fun right. to me; it's, it's it's a textbook, right? Right. Um, so I pretty much one of those players who reads the sections that I need. Like, I'll read some of the setting, I'll read some of the you know themes and moods, I'll read character creation. That that's how that, that the other. But when a when a term's chapter is eighty five thousand words, <laughs> I shut down. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know what to do with that. There's 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 um,
2: I was, there's four of us, um, and three of them are you. <laughs> right <laughs> no there's there's five of us i didn't count myself um <laughs> so uh three of them are you um and then one of them is me and then one of them is my friend paul who is a big dnd 3.5 head so <laughs> right uh, oh, okay yeah. yeah 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 um which i i mean affectionately uh <laughs> oh sure yeah <laughs> so like but it's
0: very it's, it's a very different style of play
2: right it's a very different style of game but he's also very interested in And I know he definitely has a game, a crew, where, like, they definitely are the rules lawyer types, where, like, this game is as much arguing with each other over rulings as it is anything else. Um, And so the three of them, who are not rules types, have had very little trouble picking things up, um, minus uh, interface issues with the fact that we're working out of a manuscript, which can't be helped. Mm -hmm. Right. Nothing to be done about that. Yeah. Uh, one of them, who is definitely a person who's only like oh, I read the sections I need, uh, has gone out of their way to read more of it. Wow! <laughs> so that's I love this game. That's a real big ringing endorsement. Yeah. Um, and our three point five head guy uh, is consistently impressed whenever uh, he has like a, a weird what he thinks he's found a weird corner case, and I'm like, no, actually the the rules very clearly state how those two things interact. Uh, and then he's like, "Oh,
3: oh, oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> so a three point five head comes to like exalted Monica Eddie. Would you say that he graduated? No, his no. we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: we're not doing that.
2: that
3: Every so thing. often
2: that comes back up, and I thought I made that up, and then I remember it was real. <laughs>
3: nope, it's not a barren stain bear. For- it's People who aren't
0: familiar with the reference, maybe explain it because it's it's an ad campaign, right? Yeah, but
3: the yeah. There campaign.
1: was wasn't it for three point five? Yeah, was, it was. It yeah. So uh, Exalted at one point, this is not edition. something I would do yeah. now. Just so <laughs> you know, uh, Exalted second second edition had a thing where they put ads out like I guess old old school White Wolf put out ads that were like, "Graduate your game, trade in your copy of DND three point five for a copy of Exalted two e." I don't like playing that game. I don't like playing the like, this game is superior to this one. Like, it's all about what you like. Yeah, that's, Uh, it's insulting. Yeah, every now and then I will see some game advertised at a con that's like, better than D&D. And I'm like, I don't, that's, that's subjective. Yeah, Yeah, it's,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah, to be, to be, to be completely fair to To the White Wolf folks who, who created that, to be fair, (laughs) who created that campaign. Um I don't think it was meant mean spiritedly I don't think it was it was bad by that time three five had been out mm-hmm. for a yeah. long time and and the edition was very full bloat and they're like hey if you the 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 tenor of it was a little combative, but it was also a if you're tired of this, try something new mm-hmm. and I think that's i think that's ultimately fine um but yeah it, to kind of go back to the original topic um it's been an experience because a lot of the writers on this book um are they range from like me who picked up a copy of the exalted first edition limited edition on july 23rd 2001 and then you know to someone who just discovered exalted six months ago or six months before they started writing i should say and so um it's been a lot of challenging our assumptions about the setting it's been a lot of challenging 20 years of Mm -hmm. the setting and and boiling it down to the core concepts of each edition. That's
1: that's part of why I was on this. Um that's that's a, a, a big part of why I took like a hand in development on this, which I usually don't with exalted projects. I usually let people just go make their game. Mm-hmm. Um but with this one, I was the person who was go, what's that? Why do we need that? What's 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 that doing there? Can we get rid of that? And sometimes the answer was no. Like sometimes the answer is no, we shouldn't get rid of that. That's a core part of the exalted experience. And sometimes the answer was Oh yeah, we really don't need that, do we? Um, so I spent a lot of time annoying the crap out of Neil and Monica by going, why? Why is that this way? Why? 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 Yeah. And
0: and I know Monica and I have had this discussion, but I mean, a lot of people don't seem to sometimes realize that setting or mechanics are setting, really.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so you have to have those kinds of conversations. Um and so like when you're talking about Presenting this, this this more streamlined version of, of Exalted, um, what kinds of mechanics were felt to be critical to the experience?
1: I'm going to answer one thing real quick before I let them take over that, and that's what one of the things that um, that we 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 did was you know streamed out a lot of charms into universal charms that then have modes for different Exalt types. Mm-hmm. But one decision that got kind of like tossed around a little bit was I initially was advocating for incredibly simple charm names. Mm -hmm. And Monica and Neil pointed out very rightly that Exalted is supposed to feel like this big, epic fantasy game. So Mm -hmm. having those kind of flowery names as part of it, my only request was that every flowery name on some level describes what the charm does. (laughs) Because there are a few in 3rd edition and 2nd edition, whatever, that you read it and you're like, I have no idea what this could possibly mean. (laughs) Yeah, tell me what (laughs) Dragonfly Finds Mate does. I... (laughs) As as I told you last time, I still think that it's a it's a, a charm Tra- to help a dragonfly, dragonfly find a mate. Get a mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like a
2: very specific spell. I, I mean, Neil, don't answer. Eddie, what does dragonfly finds mate do?
0: Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, Dixie I'm is say wrong. It's some but, kind but... <laughs> of smell
0: smell charm allows you to smell someone's trail.
2: Uh, no, but I like that. <laughs> it it lets you shoot another arrow out of the air.
0: I have. I would never have gotten You're that right. right. Yeah.
2: Correct. That Exactly. So Dixie was 100% right. And our, our rule for that was basically like, try to keep it to three words and mm-hmm. make sure those three words are punchy. You are all very talented authors.
1: Yeah. So we do still have the kind of fun, flowery charm names that people know and love about, about, about Exalted. But all of them, on some level, describe what the charm does. Because that was something that was... Making me just kind of go like, "What? Why? Uh, Why is this
2: called this? W- the, what's the the like tech word for that user experience?" Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. It,
2: that's an important user experience thing because if someone can't look at the like look at the headings of the long list and go, "I really want to know what Dragon Coil technique does," uh, more like should have some idea that like, "Oh, this and this is certainly a Grapple Charm, right? Like coiling around someone, totally." Yeah. Uh, and cool sounding Dragon Coil technique. Damn. Right? Like, you, you want things like that that make people go, ooh, Fists of Iron, ooh. <laughs> right, and
0: I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that those names always, to me at least, were kinds of things that you can imagine certain kinds of characters shouting while they're doing it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Because um, this is very anime. <laughs> <This
2: game. right. laughs> uh We also um, condensed down the list of abilities from 25 to 14. Uh, okay. which involved us uh, exploding a bunch of stuff that kind of had a lot of overlap um, mm-hmm. and then spreading out what they do. Uh, so um, brawl and melee are now close combat and archery and throne are now ranged combat because they didn't mm-hmm. really need to be four skills.
3: And martial, martial arts is no longer a separate ability, but it is. Um, it's a, it's a special subset of universal charms that modifies a fighting style as if you learned like a systemic fighting style. So you're still rolling close combat or in some cases, range combat. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it, it says if you fight in this way, you, you're using these charms. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, uh, with the sort of setting element that ties into it that like, there are schools that teach martial arts and like mm-hmm. non-exalts also learn martial arts. Like crane style is a fighting style. It is a thing that people who study it know its form weapons, know how to fight in that particular way. Uh, If you are an exalt, your magic makes crane style even more badass, Uh, which does mean that you can like learn crane style from a wizened mortal master under a waterfall somewhere uh, and you get the charm benefit.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice.
2: Uh, One of the neat things we did with martial arts is that every, basically if you have taken any martial arts charms, that means you like, you have studied some of it. Um, which changes the, the tags. And we used a weapon tag system, which Exalt Third Edition also uses, uh, that you can apply to your unarmed attacks.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Indicating nice. that, like, I know crane style. That means I know how to block with, like, a particular strike, giving my fists the defensive tag.
3: <laughs> which I thought sense. was really cool. Yeah, no, that's it. Wax yeah. on, wax off.
2: Uh, so, yeah, we, we had Universal Charms, which covers a lot of things. and Then we introduced something called Modes. Which I think Dixie touched on very briefly.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, which are there are there are a bunch of different kinds of modes, but the most common one is exalt modes on Universal Charms, where like we have something called uh Heaven Thunder Hammer or whatever that makes you punch good. And then mm-hmm. it has <laughs> and the baseline of Heaven Thunder Hammer is punch good. All exalts punch good simply by taking it. Uh right. um if we want solars to punch better, the solar mode makes Heaven Hammer better. Uh, mm-hmm. Under no circumstances were modes permitted to make charms worse. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they could make it different, but never worse. Uh.
1: So. Yeah. Well, like like with with like ox ox body for instance, right? That's yes. a charm that's kind of like all over the like it's. There's a version of that charm for mm-hmm. every Exile type because Oxbody is just make yourself stronger it's or more, more health. resilient, more yeah. health. mm-hmm. yep. healthier. So like, <laughs> but some people get more benefits from it than others and and some people get different benefits from it because they're a different kind of Exile.
3: And and there are some modes that they're not strictly better than others, but you may in the balance find that they give a slightly greater benefit. And the team, the design team kind of decided that that was by mm-hmm. and large fine Uh, certain Exalt types are just better at certain things Mm -hmm. than others. Um, You know, if you decided to add all of them up, uh, you might see that, you know, Solars, abyssals, and Infernals all get kind of the best, but they're all very different modes. And uh, a good example of this, I think, is on the Martial Arts Charms. We brought the Celestial and Terrestrial tags from Exalted Mm -hmm. 3rd Edition, but Terrestrial doesn't make it strictly worse, like Monica said. Um, it just is something very different than the celestial one. The celestial one might be a little more broadly useful. It might be a little stronger in some situations. Um, but, you know, it, it's usually something very different. It's not just simply uh, terrestrial gives you plus two, celestial gives you plus three. They, yeah, they do so different w-
2: things. What we really did with the, I'm going to put in air quotes, differential in power is create a scope of applicability. Um, so. Solars, who are always supposed to be kind of top dogs, most powerful, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Their effects are simply the most applicable, which means that they have things that they can apply kind of all the time. Uh, they right. have a really broad toolkit. Uh, and when you have a really broad toolkit, that mechanically becomes something that feels like extreme competence. Uh, and that is their thing. Uh and the the further down the power tier you go, simply the more narrow the effect becomes. uh okay, no effects are bad because we went we said specifically exalts are powerful, and that is the baseline. The baseline is exalt you build up from there uh and like a dragon blood is really good at doing stuff with their team mm-hmm. uh and doing stuff in their element, and so where uh a solar's punch good might be generally really good at like. Knocking someone through twenty walls, uh, the dragon blooded punch good perhaps sets them on fire. As- I mean, he doesn't want to punch somebody on fire. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, annoying. who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, or like specifically could knock them into an element instead, or whatever. Like, is a more narrowly focused effect, and so that was. I know that that's a thing people keep asking about. Like, is the power differential still there? I mean, the answer is yes, but it's it's focused in such a way that we we never wanted anyone to feel like they were making a bad choice by picking an Mm -hmm. air quotes, weaker exalt. Right. Um, Because essence is fully focused on mixed group play. uh, And the assumption that the team works together.
1: Yeah. Like you don't have to, you can all play solar. You can all play lunars, whatever you want to do. But we were trying to make it so that like, if a solar is in a group with, you know, an alchemical and, uh, you know, sidereal and whoever, whatever else, the solar wasn't just going to mow everything down while everybody else kind of hung back and just watched them, because that's not fun. No, it's not fun. Yeah,
3: I, I mentioned before that um, a lot of us sort of took all of our experiences over the twenty years of Exalted into mm-hmm. this book and thinking about it, and um, and I, I'm not being critical of. Every, I'm, I'm not being um, harsh on anyone. I don't think I'm just going to be a little bit critical. There was sometimes a tone, especially in second edition. That like dragon blooded especially were just not not yeah. relevant to things and only solars were mm-hmm. really relevant. And that also sort of pervaded to lunars and sidereals. And you know, when 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 young Neil was reading that, he's like, if I ever make my own exalted game, I'm gonna make all of the exalts basically be on an even footing. And then, you know, that day that day yeah. came.
1: <laughs> well, because yeah, it is, it is like on on some level, playing in a mixed exalt party with some of the other editions, it really would be like a bunch of level one characters hanging out with like a level 20 character in d d you know? yeah. Or, it, we, you also they, had this...
2: Yeah. Uh, go ahead and finish your thoughts, sorry.
1: I was going to say, we're, we're like, you know, they all were like, I shoot one arrow and I deal 1d6 damage. And this person was like, I murder everybody. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I ran a lot of mixed second edition games.
2: Um mm-hmm. And I have the scars to prove it, um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what, one of the big things that was a problem with that in particular, and I'm, I'm okay with calling out a past edition as being problematic in places, um, was that you would have people who really wanted to play Dragon Blooded in mixed games who were paying significantly more experience for mm-hmm. literally worse effects. Uh, mm-hmm. And we absolutely did not want any of that to happen. That was the right. thing where we yeah. were like, "Nope, that that is not fun." Uh, there were a lot of people who were like, "I enjoy it for the role play, but whatever." I like. I know that's not really an enjoyable experience, even if some people had fun with it. Um, well, I
0: mean, th- your argument is that um, if you are in it for the role play, then you can get the exact same amount of benefit whether the same is good or bad. So correct. Why not make it good? <laughs> why
2: not make it good? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Eddie. <laughs>
3: I will say that for people who are concerned about the power differential, for people who do want Solars to be top dog, like Monica said, they have the broadest applicability Mm -hmm. to their charms. But what also intrigued me about it is that they have the greatest strategic competence of the Exalted uh, simply because they get access to all the evocations which are which are basically artifact mm-hmm. charms charms that you you build off an artifact and they also get access to the highest tiers of sorcery which means that they can cast really big spells or do really big um really big sorcerous workings which are long term mm-hmm. rituals that cause a big magical effect and so on on that strategic level solar's are still very much the top dog and they get a lot of other effects that just, just like give them slight edges here and there that add up really like solar just win ties. Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah. And, and sense. the core rules also very clearly define what a tie means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when it can happen. Nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, actually, since, since we're touching on exalts, uh, um, Dixie mentioned that uh, this station will have all of the exalt types and there's a lot of material. I mean, yeah. for most editions, usually had nice big book called Fat Splats of books just talking about one exalt type. So which exalt types are in this book and how did you streamline those?
1: All of them. <laughs> well, yes, but all, people may not be familiar with it? all
0: of them. <laughs> you was, know, was, what was, is all of them? Oh, wait, the wait, wait,
1: wait. Do, 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 do we want to see if I can do this? Yeah, do it. Do, I, it, do I, it. Go I, for it. Okay. All right. We got 10. In so. you. Go. Solars. One. Dragon blooded. Two. Lunars. Three. Sidereals. Four. Exigent five, liminal six, abyssal seven, infernals eight, alchemical nine, the other one, the other one, <laughs> Kittimians. ten.
4: Kittimians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You did it. It is.
1: It is. It, it. It. It's taken me a while to learn all of this, but yeah. No. Um, yeah those those are the 10 that we have in there some of them have not actually had treatments before they were mentioned in the core book for uh three Mm but they haven't actually been charmed out before uh so we're very excited about those um exigents obviously are a little weird because we kind of gave you an example exigent because exigents are your build your own exalt type right um and then we give you instructions on how to build your own but all the other ones uh every cast has different abilities for the ones that have casts um they all, like, they're, they're all in there, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, I, Monica and Neil can talk about how, how we streamline them, but for me, I know that my, my initial design idea and instruction to them was to make all the casts, instead of being, like, their big own things, was to be more like, if, once again, I'll just go, go for D&D. If you're, if you're in D&D and you're playing a dwarf, and you can play, like, a mountain dwarf or a, a cave dwarf. And you get different right. benefits. That was more the level of like what I wanted to do with the casts. So you just get different benefits depending on what kind of that exalt you are, um, as 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 opposed to getting your whole big thing. Yeah, I can I can
2: reveal what those are if we want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so Go. what? What following the direction of like think of casts as like a background or whatever i was like okay yeah. but fourth edition class features and that's and, yeah and that's what we yep. got uh so you're in to translate into D terms which actually works tremendously well uh for for new folks your exalt type grants you two ad, two to three advantages the third one is usually what what um uh magical material you resonate with which gives you bonuses when you have specific artifacts made of that thing Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's not a huge benefit, so you have two other ones that are like the big ones that define what your exalt type is, and that's sort of like your race
3: yeah. uh and
2: then you get two advantages which are basically like racial features uh mm-hmm. we mentioned solars wind ties, lunars get to shape shift uh sidereals get to weave fate uh. Timians get to unweave fate. Uh, <laughs> those two effects are literally the opposite of each other, with very similar nice. effects, and it's fantastic. I love that. Um, uh, Infernals have a thing where they charge up when they get really uh, like get really messed up and are angry. Uh, uh, Abyssals get moats back when they act the heel. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Is that what it's it's called? True, though. <laughs> no, no, it's
1: called cruel banquet.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh neil neil will only be playing abyssals from now on can you confirm that neil
3: i played one in the game that we ran i know and 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 that's all you're going to play from now on yes and they all have the definitive article before their titles
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh um liminals are truly undying and so as long as like their head is intact they can come entirely back to life Uh, mm um Uh, let's see. Al- alchemicals um, are basically champions of their community, and as long as they are dedicated to something, they get they get a, basically a custom benefit that like gives them a little bonus whenever they are in service of their people.
3: Alchemicals uh, were a really interesting challenge for this mm-hmm. because we had to decide how much of second edition and the eventual third de- edition design we would port in. So traditionally, alchemicals um, every exalt learns charms, right? Right. Uh, and they learn different types of charms, but alchemicals have always built their charms because they're sort of they're sort of robots, right? right. Exalted robots. Um, so their charms are literally like your jump good charm is literally like jet jet legs, right? Mm-hmm. And your sledgehammer punch charm is literally like a a, a piston fist. Um, so you know that, that 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 let their traditional play style has been that they have to actually commit moats to their charms and they can't have a huge charm set all at once. So what they do is they have suites that they switch out. Like this is my social suite. This is my physical suite. This is, this is whatever. Right. So um, we kind of like went back and forth on how much to implement that. And we sort of landed on, I believe that for the most part, they actually keep all of their charms, Mm -hmm. but there has to be a downtime scene where uh, they, they go through an upgrade process uh, to use the new charms that they've made and mm. the other alchemical advantage is actually something neat that got taken out of exalted third edition and that's that they those item charms i was talking about uh evocations um and alchemical can actually internalize those and use them with any any other weapon not just the weapon that that evocation is from mm-hmm. Oh, nice. so it's pretty cool yeah. Rubits. yeah yeah rubits. and their their charms are built
2: yeah. Oh, and uh, Dragonblooded, like we mentioned, are super good at teamwork, so whenever they do, they can always apply uh, actions that would normally apply to their hearth, um, which is a specific term for, like, Dragonblooded who have sw- sworn, like, a kinship oath to each other. Uh, really? Anything that would apply to your hearth can apply to any other member of your circle, even if they're not a Dragonblood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they make taking teamwork actions get stronger. Uh, and also, because all dragon-blooded are basically the exalt type that is uh, accepted by the whole world. Uh, they are capable of calling on resources they don't have, and they can summon mm-hmm. temporary merits for the duration of a scene. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, just, so Just marching
3: th- into a place and, and taking over the joint. Yeah,
2: basically. just marching in and be like, I'm a prince of the earth, give me your shirt or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I've won your dot clothes, give them to me <laughs> you, you honor me by wearing my clothing <laughs>
2: uh, on a less silly note, like you could walk into a place and it's it's not a huge number of merits it's 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 pretty pretty um controlled, but you could walk walk into a place and be like i need your your five best handpicked soldiers, right.
3: uh, and they mm-hmm. will give
2: them to you because you are a prince of the earth. Uh, and they they will be your loyal so- soldiers for the duration of the scene you need them for. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's all cool, small but impactful narrative things. And we turned all, like, basically we took everything that sort of makes exalts feel the way they're supposed to feel and turned them into little, little mechanical widgets called advantages. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have that. And then you have your anima effects, which define your cast. Because we are also not doing caster favorite abilities because we changed the way experience works. Right. Um, and also, it's one less thing to have to remember that I, like, pay less XP for this thing, more XP for this thing. Um, and in my experience, cast and favorite abilities mostly just meant people only spent XP on those. Right. Uh, instead of branching out, instead of um, rewarding um, more spread out play instead of min-max play. Which is something, mm-hmm. essence, encourages both types of play. Like, they are both valid. If you want to be a jack-of-all-trades, you are not screwing yourself over. Which is something that's very okay. important to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, you have your anima effects, and those define your cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every every cast has um, a passive anima effect, which is always on. By virtue of being a dawn cast, you can deal extra damage to battle groups, which are the mechanical widget for representing like groups of guys, uh, mm-hmm. or just knock out or kill an extra just by like being like, get out of my way. Nice. Uh, the the nameless caravan guard who draws his sword as you're approaching and being like stop intruder and you're like nah and you just you just knock him out right away like <laughs> mm-hmm. you can just you can just be like I dispatch him without rolling uh, wow uh, so that that like that captures the feeling of dons being these peerless warriors and then everybody sure. has mm-hmm. active anima which is another effect that kicks in when you have two or more anima built up. Uh, and you get anima by spending your motes on your charms, one for one.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: you're uh, all glowy. And then you're all glowy. Uh, and we your have people active...
1: cool People being glowy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: your 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 active anima is usually a little bit stronger, uh, and is intended to last the duration of most. You you will spend most of your time in active anima, and so all the things are tuned specifically towards. This is an effect that you always have on while you have already used some of your powers.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I believe the Dawn cast one, since I'm just using that as an example off the top of my head, uh, gives you your essence and automatic successes uh, when you are being intimidating uh, or trying to make someone like back down with force. Uh, which, okay. which has sort of a similar feel to some of the Dawncast's previous anima effects in other uh, versions of the game. Yeah. And then right. at 10. Yeah, and then at 10, you become iconic, uh, which is the highest anima can go. It does not go above 10. It's a track to mm-hmm. 10. Um, so and, and thus far, uh, it's actually pretty hard to get to 10, which is intentional. Um, because we didn't mm-hmm. split out personal and peripheral pools. Um so at ten, you unlock your iconic power, and because iconic is extremely hard to get to, uh they are all
1: very powerful effects, yeah, um, like the dawn one, I think is you get to do a secondary yeah, attack. you just get another
2: attack you just get another attack, yeah, yeah uh you it has to be with a different ability. So if you make and you and you just get to be like one two one two the entire time. So if you have like a throwing knife in one hand and your diclave in the other, you get to stab a guy and then throw it, or like stab your stab a guy with your big sword and then like tuck it behind your arm and then fire your bow or whatever. However you want to stun it, but it, it's it's wow. you get to make one full non-flurried doesn't count against your action limit attack every round as long as you stay an iconic because when you spend anima you drop out of your state. Okay. Uh, and Iconic overrides active, so you mm-hmm. don't stack the like intimidation bonus on top of <laughs> your your powerful effect. The passive, however, always stays on.
0: That makes sense. And actually, um, you mentioned combat, so that's a, that's a nice uh, uh, segue to the final bit, is um, my experience with second and third edition Exalted was that combat was by design. Um, there's lots of phases, there's lots of structure, lots of effects you have to check against each other. Um, it can get very intricate uh how is combat and or just gameplay in general play in comparison in essence
2: oh neil can you do the rubby hands noise thank you (laughs) 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 Uh, this is is probably one of the things i'm most excited about um because we we spent a lot of time planning and considering how to make combat which has always been sort of an exalted bugbear um Mm -hmm. into something that's really enjoyable to engage with uh and i think having done you can hear me do a demo of exalted third edition combat on systematic understanding of everything mm-hmm. um, there's and also have, a bunch of vods oh yeah there's a bunch of vods um fall of giara is really fantastic which i've also been a guest voice on uh lots of really good exalted resources out there mm-hmm. um so having done both 3rd Edition combat and Essence combat, I can say the idea and the pacing of how they go is pr- very, very similar. However, okay. Essence sort of buffs out 3rd Edition's rough patches, um, which some people like. Again, it's not a value judgment. It's about simplicity. Right. Um, so we got rid of initiative as a moving target. <laughs> uh, it's, okay. uh, in 3rd Edition, you roll to join battle and you build up basically a pool of initiative based on that roll. Right. Um, In essence, you still roll join battle to start the fight, but it determines whether the PCs or NPCs act first. And then it is what people call popcorn initiative.
0: Mm -hmm. Like Pugmire.
2: Like Pugmire, yes. Uh, So if, and it, it is based only on the highest result on either side. So if, like, the enemy Abyssal rolls 10 successes. And our Dawncast rolls 11. And it doesn't matter what everybody else rolled past that unless it's higher than 11. <laughs> that, that's exactly how Pugmire works. Yeah, yeah, cool. So if you're familiar with Pugmire, you're very familiar with how this works. And so then the, um, the 11 goes first. And so, but the Dawncast who rolled that is, does not have to be the person who takes the first action. In fact, if the, um, oh, okay. the Moonsilver Alchemical has a thing where like, if they act first, they get a damage bonus. Uh, that is one of their anima effects. Uh, so the the moon silver in the party is like, Hey, I want to take advantage of going first. Um, the Dawn cast who rolled that is like, yeah, sure. Go, go ahead, buddy, get your bonus. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they take their action to go first and get their damage bonus by acting first in the
3: round. Passing the popcorn.
2: Yep. And then that player nominates who goes next, which can be NPCs. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. but you know, in my experience, a lot of the time, it's just, I'm going to hand it to the Dawn cast. I'm going to hand it to the twilight. I'm going to hand it to the fire aspect, whatever. Uh, But important NPCs, like that aforementioned enemy, Abyssal, can go, nope, I'm interrupting this, and cut in line. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there are, in fact, a couple charms out there that make the PC be able to go, nope, no, you're not.
3: I remember the the first time I used Popcorn Initiative, and it wasn't in essence it was in another game. Where it's the whole, you know, at the top of the round, you pass it to whomever you want. And so everyone waited until the NPCs went last. Mm -hmm. And then the round started anew. And I was like, okay, well, the NPCs give it back to themselves again. And all my players made a surprise Pikachu face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, then initiative as it is a resource in third edition is replaced by something called power, which has generated the best meme of 2020 and 2021. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> we're uh, just building power we're,
1: yeah we're just building power uh so anybody ins- from the exalted third discord as we're talking about <laughs> because the exalted essence channel very often devolves into just build power memes
2: i mean we don't have too much else to talk about so i that's better than complaining <laughs> true true <laughs> I'll true. Take true, it. true uh so um Power is a resource very much like initiative, which charges up until you can make a decisive attack. And the the threshold by which you can make a decisive attack is now the target's hardness, which is a term we took from third edition. All jokes aside, mm-hmm. so hardness is the benchmark of you must be this strong to hit someone. So it's basically like a fighting game where you're charging up your super bar, mm-hmm, um, right. and you make withering attacks just like you do in third edition. Uh, th- in third edition, there is a damage step on withering attacks. In essence, it's not you roll a hit and your extra successes convert to power uh, then once you have enough power you wager it at the start of the round you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna hit this guy i'm gonna stab this motherfucker the, the the hardness is five i have 10 i'm gonna wager all of it and anything you wager above the hardness rating becomes additional damage dice
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh if you miss you tithe one you pay one to the house you keep the rest okay because it's a wager right uh gambits which are also from third edition are very similar um they're like i'm gonna knock this guy down i'm gonna disarm him i'm gonna distract him by going (laughs) at him with my social (laughs) skill or whatever it's very specifically for um non-attack stuff right Uh, Mm non-damage stuff rather uh and those are also uh a power expenditure so just like the same thing you wager the cost and then you spend one if you miss and keep the rest
3: and even the building of power doesn't have to be necessarily be an attack.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to talk more about that?
3: Yeah. So um, one of the design goals uh, that that all three of us had uh, was that we wanted everyone to feel very useful in combat, and we wanted mm-hmm. everyone to feel very good. And that's sort of a that's sort of a trend that's been going around. Like you know, um, coming from classic Exalted. Uh, the Dawn cast was, you know, is always the best combatant, except in certain late second edition games where inexplicably the Twilight was. But, but that's either here or there. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, but we wanted, but we didn't want to make sure we wanted to make sure that even people who are playing quote unquote like non-combatant exalts still had things to do and ways to contribute and ways to build their own power, so they 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 could do a cool special effect so um you know one of, one of my favorite ways to build power is a, a thing called outmaneuver where if you're in stealth if the enemy can't detect you um you can make a essentially a movement roll to build power and that rep- represents you sort of sneaking around the field and getting yourself into a position so you can just sort of pop up and slip a knife under their armor
2: you don't even and- have to be in stealth you can outmaneuver yeah, it just uses the stealth skill if you want mm-hmm. to be like oh I'm, I'm, I I'm, get cover I get concealment they can't see me and then I, I move around you can but like you can also just be like I do the, the D&D rogue thing where I just scoot behind them or whatever um, yeah. outmaneuver is also the navigate one which means if you're mounted on a horse or whatever or any other cool mount that are, exists in Exalted there are so many uh, <laughs> you can just continue to ride around your target as outmaneuvering too
4: Oh okay,
2: yeah.
1: Nice. We we definitely explicitly have uh, our own exalted version of a combat wheelchair in the artwork, <laughs> so that it's also possible. <laughs> yeah, if you if you are a, a
2: wheelchair using character who uses navigate or stealth, you can outmaneuver with your wheelchair.
3: It, but it is exalted, so instead of a wheelchair, it's more of a. Battle throne chariot. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, nice. And like
1: we we, we we talked about wanting to make the game really inclusive, so we've tried to make the artwork pretty diverse, um, and that mm-hmm. includes some people with visible disabilities because not all exalts, you know, have all their limbs. You can be an exalt mm-hmm. with a prosthetic leg. Um, and mm-hmm. also, we decided to, to, to introduce the idea that, like like I said, if, if you want to ride a combat wheelchair, that's cool. If you want to ride around on a cloud, on a magic cloud that you have enchanted, or some kind of creature, these are all fine alternatives, because it's exalted. Um, and no one's going to treat me differently, and you can still fight just fine. It's great.
2: Yeah, it also acknowledges that um, all exalts lived uh, a heroic mortal life, uh, in which right. the risk of injury is extremely real.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's something that always kind of baffled me about some fantasy games where it's like, you know, oh, there's hard-bitten soldiers that have no injuries whatsoever on them. It's like, either you're very good or very bad at your job. <laughs> <laughs> right, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. um I know we're getting close to time, but I I want to talk about one thing real quick that just delighted sure. me, if that's okay. Sure. yeah, um, yeah One of my favorite things I got to do, uh, once again, in conjunction with Eric and Vance and the rest of the uh, dev team, so it wasn't like I just went rogue and was on my own, was we, ha- we got to figure out... Uh, some new cast marks because we have the Gatimians who needed them. Um, And then we also redesigned the Infernals. Um, But my, my favorite thing I got to do was pick a palette for the Gatimians. And since they're kind of sidereal adjacent, I didn't want to give them any of the same colors as the sidereals. Mm
3: -hmm. So they
1: are, and they also um, map to the different seasons. So I have given them these, this beautiful kind of pastel colorway. and i'm very very pleased to announce that you can now play a pink exult Um,
3: (laughs) really it's it's cherry blossom let's be precise
1: it is it is cherry blossom pink um and then there is a like green tea color for uh for summer uh because i was thinking like green grass and trees and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh and then there is a a nice kind of coppery rusty orange for autumn and then a bluish gray for winter and uh just the fact that I got to make a pink exalt will always delay me. And we will be seeing some exalts with, with pink, pink cast marks in the future. That's fantastic. Also, yeah. somebody pointed out that Chibiusa is technically a Gatimian with a pink cast mark. You are. Um, that's not wrong. <laughs> that's not wrong. <laughs> and so that made my little Sailor
2: Moon brain very happy. <laughs> uh, just to, to throw out there as we are wrapping up that we also mm-hmm. did not neglect the social system um, at all. Not at all. Yeah, or, not at or, all. warcrafts crafts. Really- they're all in there. Yeah, it's a very robust system. Um, and we brought back the virtues, which tie in directly to it, but not the classic four virtues. Uh, there are seven. And they, I think the only ones that stayed the same were compassion. <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess the only one that okay. stayed the same with the same name. Um, and sort of like we did with the skills, we exploded virtues into these seven things, um, including one that's totally brand new called wonder. I think Dixie made that
3: I, one up. Oh, and they're more about uh, they're more about like guidelines that kind of help guide your character and and uh, funnel your your choices and your feelings and your heroic motivations in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, uh, uh, would they be safe to continue the D and D analogies? Would it be safe to consider them akin to like say alignment?
3: Uh, <laughs> I
1: would consider them closer to like your virtue in like Chronicles games or your bond and and stuff like that, okay. and, like Pugmire. Um, okay. Where it is, it, it is what motivates your character. Whereas, like, I wouldn't say that my chaotic good character is motivated by just being chaotic good. You know, she has other motivations.
0: No, alignment's more uh, uh, restrictive, whereas it sounds like this is more uh, uh, motivational. Yeah, like yeah. if you're
1: guided by like wonder, like it's like it's curiosity. It's it's seeing new things all the time. It's you know meeting new people and just. Get, getting all these experiences out there that's that's what your character is you
3: know yeah 5e does have an optional bond system that that does sort of codify like how you feel about things Mm -hmm. and exalt has had an intimacy system for a while so this is just sort of a a stronger foot stomping of the concept
2: yeah okay it's set up there so that if you are trying to make someone do something that is against their their virtue and their intimacy it is very hard uh not impossible just extremely hard uh but it's, it's, it's a tiered, it's a flexible tiered system. So like, you may say something to some try to convince someone of something that is not in line with their virtue, but has nothing to do with their intimacies. Like, um, for example, trying to make a courage character not fight someone. Which may have nothing to do with that person's, you know, attachment to their homeland or love of their brother, right? Like, (laughs) they just want to beat this guy up. Uh, He didn't do anything to their homeland or to their brother. Uh, That's just targeting the virtue. Um, On the other hand, uh, it's probably pretty easy to convince the person with the intimacy to their brother uh, to convince the brother to not do something dangerous, right? Which may not be courage related, but is certainly I love my brother related. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you have this very flexible narrative system that changes the difficulty uh, based on what you're targeting. Uh, now, if you're trying to convince this courage character who loves their brother uh, to not fight to defend him, forget it. That's super hard. <laughs> However, right. convincing them to fight to defend him is really easy. <laughs>
4: oh,
2: okay. It's a, it's a scale of increase or decrease of difficulty depending on how in line you are with those things. Mm hmm.
0: So actually, it almost feels a bit like fate aspects where there are negative and positive benefits to either side of it.
2: Yeah, yep. a little bit like yes. that. And then post-success, you have, if you exceed the difficulty by so many successes and you have um, extra past that, you can continue to do things. You can, there's a list of social things you can use to influence people if you can afford them with successes, which if you're like, that sounds like story path stunts, you're correct. <laughs>
3: nice. Nice. It
2: is a, a, a design inspired by that idea.
3: Yeah. I, you know, Monica came up with the, the broad over overarching mechanics and Danielle Lazon did a lot of the, uh, systems work and like Megan Fitzgerald did a really interesting thing where she created a system that you can use all of the, uh, all of the extended actions, but also mm-hmm. a project system all in one. So, so it's, it's a single unified system. The whole thing is, is really, really elegant. And, uh, you know, it, it led to the sobering realization that I think I'm a pretty good designer, and those three are definitely way better than I am. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm really good.
0: It's a team effort. Everyone, everyone's contributing their their, their specialties to it.
3: So I'm the dragon blooded Eddie. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes. <laughs> you work well in a team. Yeah,
1: like I I brought Neil in specifically because of his expansive knowledge of Exalted. He's been playing it, like he said, for, you know, 20 years.
3: July 23rd, Um, 2001.
1: Okay, so we're going to hit that anniversary really soon, actually. Wow.
3: 20 years.
1: Yeah. um, Oh, I'm old. (laughs) But yeah, so um, I brought him in more for that, and Monica is such a good mechanics person. Mm-hmm. um i've I've seen her design mechanics for tons of things and i also know that she is a dedicated exalted fan and has been for years and years and years um as people know if they've heard our interviews with her in the past um so yeah so, so getting them on as the like actual book devs and then me as kind of the overseer the project manager who could like come in during red lines and be like what's that why is that there do we need that and like like i said their expertise is what I, I bow to at all times. And also, we ran all, all, all our new things by Eric and Vance. Oh, yeah. Um, just to assure the fans. They have they have mm. seen everything. They they are in the Exalted Essence slack. Yeah. They can weigh in on, on conversations. Oh, yeah, Just to, to soothe
2: people over about that. They have been involved in this from step one. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I talked to Eric about it well before I talked to y'all about it. Because it's like they're the line devs for Exalted. Um, I just didn't think that they needed this on their plate. Mm-hmm. Since they're so steeped in Exalted, they're yeah. trying to get those books done. They have plenty of other things to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: And also, it could be really hard to shift gears if if you're really yes. focused on getting a very specific game line out. And then shift gears. Okay, what can we get rid of or or divest ourselves of for this other version? That, that could be a huge gear shift thing to be really hard to get out of. So, yeah. No, mm-hmm. it makes sense to do a separate team. And it does sound like this has been a good example of... Uh, some of our, our fans are very much the idea of there's the one creative vision, like there's the one developer who handles everything. But um, more and more, I've been finding development teams in certain circumstances work really well. And this seems like it's been an excellent example of how a development team probably did better than each of the individual sums would have done on their own.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we have, a, we have a dev chat in the Slack, too, the like main exalted Slack, that has what, nine, nine people in it now. Um, and we, yes. we run a lot of <laughs> things by everybody. Like, we, we, we all look at the art together. For instance. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that as much on Essence. I ran it by Monica and Neil. And then I would just show it to them in the in the main exalted flag. Just be like, hey, look at this cool art we got. Uh, but as far uh, as I will
3: always treasure Lil' City.
1: <laughs> okay. Do I have to tell the story now?
3: I guess so. <laughs> yes.
1: We have an illustration, uh, one of our full pagers, I think, that is a sidereal climbing a ladder in the Bureau of Secrets. Um, to like, you know, get a cool thing off a shelf because it's, it's just it's it's just full of like cool weird shit and jars yeah. and stuff like that in the back. You know, he's being and, handed a weird object by a, a clockwork
2: spider. To yeah, like, yeah, supposed to be an efficient Ooh. secretary.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so so he in the original illustration there's just something off with the perspective, and he looked like a D and D dwarf. Yeah, like he was very short, <laughs> very stout, <laughs> and did not look like a, a human, which. He he should look like a a, a human, <laughs> and right. so we had to go back and, and change that. But Neil started calling him Little City because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, he is he's like three feet tall, and 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 quite plump. And like as as I told them, while I don't have a problem with us putting like little people in the art, that's yeah. that's fine if we want to do that. This was just it it, it clearly wasn't that. It was just a weird perspective.
4: You it, know? His right. head
3: was way too small.
1: He, yeah, he looked. He looked like a
2: D and D dwarf, not like a little person. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so we didn't we didn't really want people to think that there were dwarves in this game, like D and D dwarves with beards and axes. Like,
1: yeah,
3: right. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. little little city. Uh,
1: And that's yes. that's why we go. That's how that's why we have an art process where we look I'm at gonna, sketches.
3: I'm gonna quietly bury the mountain folk in third edition <laughs> and just never speak of them.
0: <laughs> never heard of again. Um, but yeah, so we are, we are getting close in time But I mean, this has been really, really great I mean, I've been hearing bits and pieces About the Exalted Essence But sitting down and actually listening to all three of you Talk about this, I'm excited I'm genuinely excited about seeing this You I'm should really play in a game
1: it. at Onyx PathCon yeah, I, I,
0: I want to play in a game, actually If you guys are running a game, I want to
3: play in it that sounds like a I one will car. run a game for you, Eddie Thank you, and nobody oh, else, good. just me
1: good, we're going to juice a monkey then <laughs> <laughs> We have, we have we have Monica's games where we very seriously help out funeral priests, and then we have Neil's games where you juice a monkey. I mean, I we I don't know that that game was serious, but it did follow the plot. <laughs> <laughs> it did have Rich Thomas as Barre Necessity or whatever his yes, name was as a, te- a, a terrible bear pun
2: bear lunar, which was hilarious. Right, bear lunar, yes. Uh, oh. And then you can watch the other one, which is a murder mystery where no fighting happens at all.
1: I did turn into a bat, though, and I yelled bat. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but before before we go, um, uh, a lot of this uh, has I understandably been pitched towards people who are relatively familiar with Exalted. But if someone who's never really looked at Exalted before wants to get the floor of Exalted essence, is there did each of you have like one TV show or movie or comic book or whatever that you would point to and say this is the most Exalted thing you could watch or read?
1: I feel like Monica is going to have like 35.
2: Man, I made a face cuz you said 1.
0: <laughs>
4: I know.
2: Uh man cuz Exalted has so many things going for it that there's not one is not like a great answer.
0: I'll pick I'll let you have 3.
2: 3, okay. Um Thunderbolt Fantasy.
3: Yes. Which is the
2: the uh the I don't want to call nice. it the puppet anime. It's, Mary- not it's
3: an the, anime. it's the Korean puppet show. It's not <laughs> Korean. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is Korean. No, it's
2: Japanese.
3: Is it? Yeah. What's oh, the Korean bu- one then?
2: I don't know what the Korean
3: one is. I didn't know there was there's a-, a Korean. There's a Korean puppet thing.
2: Oh, okay. Well, no, Thunderbolt Fantasy is Japanese, uh, and it's it's very exalted. It's all about big personalities with weird powers and heroic titles in this um, very. Uh, over-the-top fantasy world there's demons there's spirits they have artifact weapons it's, it's extremely exalted um mm. let's see trying to not let recency bias mess with me um <laughs> but I'm going to give in and say Genshin Impact uh which I've been okay. playing a lot of uh don't judge me um, no, no, it's, but it's, like, it's so so every character well, judge you like all your all your playable characters in Genshin it's a gotcha, which is why people would judge me. Um, so all of your playable characters that you can get have these things called visions, which are literally exaltations. Um, like okay. they are bestowed by the gods. They appear to you in a moment of heroism or like discovery, uh, and they make you more badass than regular people. And regular people are like, whoa, that guy has a vision. He's a super badass. Um, they are elementally themed. Um, which people like to go immediately to Dragonblooded, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, there's clearly people who have sorcery. There are meddling gods. There's a there's a, a world with a deep ancient history uh, where like, an ancient god war happened a long time ago, and the visions were kind of a product of that. Uh, and uh, the world is less full of strife than creation, um, but uh, Liyue is a really excellent place to look at and be like, that's the realm. as it's uh is very based on uh a a blend of chinese history Mm -hmm. uh the roman parts are notably missing because it is you know a chinese game but uh but there's really good visual things for being like that's what the realm looks like uh nice that's so that's two um what would be be my third one well
0: if you want i can go to dixie and yeah go to dixie i'll think about it (laughs) I think, do you, either, do you no, have some? Not
1: questions? me. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I actually do, and they're a little. Some of them are a little odd. Um, I, I, Avatar and Korra. Oh yeah, Have to okay. be in there. Um, I think that Avatar: The Last Airbender is more the feel of like what the exal- of, of like what creation would look like.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but Korra, especially when they go into the spirit world, feels very wild, farfoky to me. Okay. Just because it's it's weird and weird shit happens there. Um, and also feels a little bit like lunary to me, uh, so those are definitely like, like all all the av- all the vendors are dragon blooded. <laughs> That's yeah. just what they are. Um, and the avatar is, I guess, the super secret special dragon blooded. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of a book series by Brandon Sanderson called Mistborn, okay. uh, which I feel is even though the magic system is completely different in that you actually have to like ingest metal to power yourself. I feel like the main characters on that very much feel like exalted in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's a little bit more uh, maybe like 18th century feeling than like ancient, mm. the, the, the way they operate and the fact that they can, you know, when they're powered up, they can stop bullets and punch through walls and hop super long distances from place to place uh, by pushing off like railroad spikes. That all feels very exalted to me. Oh, um, yeah. It's very big and big and and all over the place. Um, I always want to say Sailor Man because I love Sailor Man. <laughs> it's clearly part of the uh, stuff for that but that's not what I'm going to go with. Uh, I can see Rome from, from HBO okay. being a good like realm inspiration uh i've heard a lot of people say things like the witcher 3 looks like, like that yeah there's 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 so many things that could be exalted inspiration oh, totally. out there
2: yeah so it's like um, what
1: what part of creation are we talking about yeah right. that's 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 <laughs> that's part of the problem it's because i'm like i'm like if, if, if we're talking about the realm i'm gonna say like rome right 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 um and and then and if we're talking about the wild i'm gonna say the spirit world legend of korra or spirited away um princess Mononoke feels very lunar to me uh and and other things. So like, it it really just depends on what kind of story you're telling as to what inspiration I would give you. I mean, our, our murder mystery party didn't feel like any of those things. It felt more like a, a Regency who done it. You were just at a big party and somebody got killed, you know? So it, it, it felt like Agatha Christie more than it felt like anything else. Yeah. The, 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 the party was closer to like uh, a detective D movie,
2: which I'm, I'm a big fan of, which are, which are martial arts films. Um, like they have they have martial arts fights in them but the whole thing is that uh drenji who is like who is like based on a real person <laughs> um is this martial artist who is also a very good detective and um not to be reductive but for an audience who may not be familiar with him the history or the story he's very much sort of like a chinese sherlock holmes except the story mm-hmm. is much much older and it right. came first <laughs> uh, <Yes. laughs> but like he uses his martial techniques to solve problems and like he has a tenuous relationship with the empress and uh he has an artifact weapon that he both uses to kick ass and solve mysteries and like that is that that's my third answer i guess the detective d films because they're not specifically about combat even though fights happen and weird Mm -hmm. like weird shit does happen um Uh, but it is about the mystery and the strangeness around the mystery and him unraveling it and like the political tensions of his relationships and how those involve how the mystery gets solved.
0: Sweet. Neil, do you have one or two real quick?
3: Yeah, real quick, um, you know, I always like to go to the classics uh, anime like Berserk or Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. or Ninja Scroll, but those are all like 20 or 30 year old animes and sometimes they're problematic and so is Knight's uh, Master by Tanith Lee, which is an amazing book, but also intensely problematic mm-hmm. and probably need some content warnings when you read it. Um, but if you're looking for something recent... Uh the new she cartoon, the She-Ra this oh, yeah. is a power one. Yeah. Um, it basically, you know, you have this you have this uh woman empowered by this artifact uh who um, you know, glows golden and, and fights with extreme skill. Uh and the whole place is sort of almost like a post-apocalyptic world where there was once an age of high fantasy. Uh, and it was brought down by by the the previous Shira, and now like there's an evil empire there taking over everything, and you know only the returned She-Ra can stop it. That's very Exalted.
1: Honestly, I'm I'm sad I didn't say that, but I'm glad I introduced you to Shira recently, so now you have seen it and you understand. <laughs> yeah, in fact, in one of the playtests we did at
2: Metatopia, I had told one of the people in my game who had never played Exalted before that I was like, "Yeah, your characters." Kind of a princess of power, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I get that. Okay,
0: nice, <laughs> excellent."
1: You just don't uh, have to transform. You are always Shira. Yeah, I She's
0: mean, always, but, but, all the time. But
2: all the other princesses who are not Shira don't have to transform. They have their powers come from a specific thing, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that's like a really good surface level. This is what exaltation is like. You are yeah. Glimmer or mermista not Shira, because there is no transformation. It's not tied to the artifact. You know. I guess that Perfuma is a wood aspect. Yeah, she's a pretty good wood aspect example.
1: Yeah,
3: nice. Gummer's a pretty good sidereal,
1: and yeah, Bo is just a really skilled martial artist. Yep, yep. He still contributes to the team.
3: So before we
0: rewrite all the Shira as Exalts, um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we don't have to. It just writes itself.
0: That's fair. Um, if people wanted to, to chat with you uh, about Exalted Essence or any of your work, or they find you online, uh, we'll start with Neil.
3: Uh, you can find me in the Onyx Path Discord or the uh, Exalted Third Edition Fan Discord. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at burntneal, b u r n t n e a l l, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And Monica, uh,
2: I am also in both of those places. If you want to come hang out, um, I am at Zenith Sun on Twitter. Um, please do not at me to ask questions about when Essence is coming out. I'm please don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. Yeah, please don't. Um you can also listen to me talk about game design on Bonus Experience, uh, bxpcast.com or summarize exalted for you uh in the Explainer Podcast Systematic Understanding of Everything, which is at exaltcast.com.
0: Dixie.
1: Yeah, as always, you can find me most places at Dixie Cyanide. I will mention that I am also in the two Discords that were mentioned. Um don't at me ask when Essence is coming out, because I won't tell you. I will, however, stay up way too late and troll people by taking incredibly zoomed in pictures of pixels from uh, Essence art, and then posting it in the Essence channel, and saying, like, look, it's an art preview, <laughs> uh, when it's really a blurry, red nothing. Um, Yay. Yeah, so that's that's fun. Uh, pretty much everybody on the Essence team is trolly. We're all trolls. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on Twitter also, as usual, if you sign it.
0: Um and unfortunately you won't be able to find me on the fan exalted discord, but I, I am on the OnyxPath Discord. You can find me at Pugsteady.com. I am on Twitter as Pugsteady as well. Um uh, you can find all of us uh hanging out in various parts of the Onyxpath Discord uh and or at the onyxpath.com. Uh at, We will announce when the uh Exalted Essence Kickstarter goes live. So Or
1: maybe we already did. Who fucking knows?
0: Right. Assuming it's not already live. Um uh, and, and then, uh, uh, consider this your announcement if it's already live, but um, definitely we will let people know, so don't have to worry about asking people when it's going to go live. We will talk a lot about it, I'm sure. All, all four of us will. Uh so oh, yeah definitely uh, get ready for that get excited about that check it out when it goes live um, tell us about your e- great experiences with uh, exalted essence um, i'm sure we'll have a feedback form so if you do find even after all the playtesting there's still concerns uh, you can put those into the feedback form so that's the best place to send that when that becomes available mm-hmm. but um, otherwise uh, thank you all for coming i really enjoy talking uh, about exalted with you all on this extra large appropriately uh, uh, exalted podcast. And as always, many worlds, one pathcast.